The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I'm your host, Raider Greg. Welcome to the show. This will be probably the last show before the draft in case something happens, or I can get up on both my feet as I have surgery tomorrow. So we'll see how fast that happens. Let's have some prayers out for Raider Greg. (laughs) All right. On today's show, we will have... A little view on the playoffs, because I have to throw this in there. The future of the Raiders so far, what we're kind of looking at, what we're looking to, and then we'll do the bone line, and that should wrap it up for this show. All right, well, the playoffs are here, and we're not there. And if you haven't noticed, we weren't close to being there. And here we are at home on the couch. Now, the postseason has been great for some reasons. I'll tell you right now, the number one thing I think about the postseason that makes me the happiest is the post-ring-around-the-rosy move that the Chiefs did on the Raiders. I think it's kind of cosmically come back and gotten Mahomes with the high ankle sprain. I'm kind of happy about it. I shouldn't be, but I kind of am. Because I think that uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals are going to come in and handle their business. I hope they do. They've done it three times in a row. Let's make it four. Let's let the Chiefs get off the line. Because I'd like to see the uh, Eagles and the Bengals in in the Super Bowl. That's my thing. I don't want to see... Oh, 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 (laughs) anywhere near the Super Bowl. My name is my name is my name is Raider Greg. My name is my name is my name is Raider Greg. I'm going to try to keep this podcast as positive as I possibly can. I am positive we have a good team. I am positive we have loads of talent in all areas of our team. I am positive that we have the poorest coaching of the best players in the NFL. We have the most prolific receiver in football that rarely sees a pass. Yes, we are the best 1-4 in four team in football. I'll have to say that because I got tired of saying we're the best 1-3 in three team in football. I certainly don't want to say we're the best 1-15 in 15 team in football. I am positive that there is no leader on the team, and I am positive that Kerry Collins is not the quarterback for the Oakland Raiders. North Turner has not used the weapons at his disposal at all. No explanation for why they're not doing well other than we're building on the things we do right. Well, guess what? We're not doing a whole lot right. I love all the players, 
We have a lot of talent. They're great players. A good coach makes a team hate to lose. Now let me just tell you Raider fans, because I'm pissed, and I told you guys before I wouldn't do a podcast when I'm pissed. Well, you know what? Tough shit. I'm doing a podcast, and I'm pissed. Now, I hope I haven't depressed anybody out there. Hey, if you don't like what I'm saying, then don't listen to me because that's just the way it is. Because I get people who say, oh, you're so down on the team. I'm not down on the team. I'm down on the coaching. And I am down on Kerry Collins. So send me your comments. Send me your questions. Send me whatever. I'm right here. I love it. All right, the Raiders and Derek Carr. Boy, there's lots of talk, man. There's so many shows talking about Derek Carr's trade value and all the teams are going to go for him and the Jets or the Colts or uh, there's a bunch of the Dolphins or maybe Tampa Bay. There's a bunch of names out there. And welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. How about some of those reports that are out there right now? Of course, everyone's waiting for Derek Carr to see what the kind of shoe drops with him. Is it going to be a trade? Are they going to flat out release him by that February 15th date? Well, Jeremy Fowler from ESPN, he was a busy dude. (laughs) On Tuesday, he was a real busy dude. He put out a report on Derek Carr saying that nearly a dozen teams could be looking for a quarterback this offseason, beginning with the AFC South and NFC South, where every team, say except for Jacksonville, appears to be in transition at the game's most important position. He goes on to say about Derek Carr, Carr will be coveted due to the league-wide demand, a situation that gives leverage to the Raiders, who must navigate Carr's no-trade clause, but will want to maximize value before Carr's $40.4 million guaranteed is due February 15th. And this is where the report comes in, and this is just an AFC uh, coach pointed this out. He said, one veteran AFC coach points to Houston, where GM Nick Casario has ties to Raiders GM Dave Ziegler as a potential destination. Casario and Ziegler have executed multiple trades in the past. Yes, Houston could take a quarterback with the number two pick in the draft, but it also has 11 picks, including two in the top 12. That's plenty of ammunition to execute a deal. And the, uh, the coach said Nick will be looking for a high-character quarterback that will be important to him. Uh, Derek fits that mold. He's got a natural tie to Houston. His brother David was the franchise first ever pick in the NFL draft, number one overall in 2002. So that's just one of the reports that came out on Tuesday around the silver and black. Also, this is still Jeremy Fowler. Teams around the league expect the Raiders to aggressively tweak their roster, and that includes Joshua Daniels and GM Dave Ziegler getting their own guys in air quotes while moving on from team veterans. NFL teams will keep an eye on tight end Darren Waller and wide receiver Hunter Renfro. Again, that's according to Jeremy Fowler from ESPN. And so to me, what that tells me is I'm trying to translate. I'm trying to put my GM hat on. I'm trying to put my insider hat on. And I'm not either one of those guys. I'm not a GM or an insider. To me, it lets me know that those guys are available. I'm not saying that they're going to get traded at all. I'm just saying that they're available if a team is interested. The Raiders are basically saying, hey, give us a call. Let's see what we can do. Um, I don't know if they're 100% happy with Hunter Renfro after that contract extension. I know they didn't get much out of him. Hell, they didn't get much out of Darren Waller either, but I think you see the potential and the talent around Darren Waller, what he could bring to the mix. But he's also been a guy that's missed a lot of time because of injury, and Hunter Renfro doesn't really run the routes the way that Josh McDaniels expects him to, where they're real precise. He likes to freelance a little bit, so maybe that's something that the head coach is not feeling, so maybe 
one or two of those guys could be on the trade block. So that's something to pay attention to. I think the trade, you know, mumbo jumbo about their car's value and all this is just media fodder. And I'm just surprised at so many Raider fans being sucked into the void or the vortex of such nonsense. It is not going to happen because on the 16th of February, they will cut him on the 15th. And by the 16th, he'll have a new team that won't have to give up any trade value that could then focus on paying Derek Carr and giving themselves that pick to help them move forward. Okay, so let's go to the next subject, which has been uh, bombarding the waves, which is the Tom Brady to Las Vegas, and now a new and improved version of Aaron Rodgers being traded to the Raiders. Really want to deep dive into, well, a quarterback that I did not talk about in segment number one, left him out on purpose because I really feel like a lot of fingers are pointing to the Raiders and really a lot of fingers are pointing in the direction of this said quarterback, and that's Aaron Rodgers. And I know a lot of folks aren't happy about that. Hell, a lot of folks aren't happy about the Tom Brady conversations. I get it. A lot of folks don't want either one of the guys, but I just kind of feel like uh, it's the setting up, and I could be completely wrong. And if I am, no problem. But it just feels like, again, my gut feeling that this is setting up for an opportunity for the Raiders to go out and get in, bring in Aaron Rodgers. And look, this is my, my thing. They have to find a way to win games this upcoming year. In 2023, there can't be a 6-11 and team, a 7-10 and team, even an 8-9 team. If that's the case, I don't think that there's a year three for Dave Ziegler. I don't think there's a year three for Josh McDaniels. I really don't. I believe they've got to find a way to win. They've got to find a way to put Raider fans in Allegiant Stadium as well. It cannot look like the last two games of the regular season against the Niners and the Chiefs. Uh, that's something that Mark Davis is not going to go for. And I know Las Vegas is a destination location. I know there's a lot of fans that from opposing teams that want to go out there. But they've got to find a way to put a winner in Allegiant Stadium. If not, I've said it for a long time, it'll just be another Las Vegas residency without anyone even there. Right? And there's plenty of them throughout the city of Las Vegas. You don't want to have a $2 billion uh, you know, facility, a, a beautiful stadium on the Strip with nobody in it that's representing Raider Nation. I mean, they, they just don't want to do that. So they've got to have some kind of star power. That's exactly why I don't think the A's will work in Las Vegas if they ever decide to bring their raggedy behinds behind uh, to Las Vegas. And I'm an A's fan, so there's that. But let's go ahead and jump back into the Aaron Rodgers conversation. Adam Schefter, of course, he's from ESPN, put out a couple updates. They said the Packers will not be trading Aaron Rodgers within the NFC Conference. They will explore the idea of trading the quarterback exclusively to the AFC. Again, that's per... Adam Schefter, and when you think about teams in the AFC that need quarterbacks, who do you think of? The Jets, the Dolphins, and the Raiders. That's, I mean, that's just it for me. But if you want to hear what Shefty had to say, this was him on ESPN Sports Center talking about what the Packers could do with Aaron Rodgers moving forward. There was a real possibility that Rodgers will be traded this offseason. What more are you hearing? Well, you're saying it could be the biggest storyline of the offseason. Not mentioning the fact that we also have Tom Brady's future. We have Lamar Jackson's contract situation. Derek Carr is going to get traded. There's going to be a lot of quarterback news. But yes, Kevin, the big one could involve Aaron Rodgers. And look, it's hard to imagine that he's going to retire and walk away and surrender $110 million in guaranteed money. So that means he's either back with Green Bay 
or the team explores the idea of trading him. Now, Jordan Love is getting closer and closer to playing, and Aaron Rodgers is due $110 million the next two years for a team that is not well positioned against the cap. The easiest way to resolve some of that would be with the quarterback. You'd free up about $60 million in guaranteed money. You get back draft pick compensation. You have the ability to land other players. Again, not ideal, but keep this in mind too. We saw Brett Favre traded when he was 38, turned 39 that season. Aaron Rodgers is 39. It doesn't go on for everybody. And yes, one of these scenarios that the Green Bay Packers are expected to explore this offseason is the idea that they could have to part ways with Aaron Rodgers in the form of a trade. Doesn't mean it will happen, but if he wants that and they're on the same page, then that's certainly realistic and there's the possibility that could unfold this offseason. Which feels so crazy considering they just signed him last year to a three-year deal, right? <laughs> you, you know, All he needs to do is be coached. Yeah, Her- Herm said the conference thing, and I think that's important because I don't think there's any way the Packers would trade him in the NFC, mm. and if they do go ahead and trade him, it would be to the AFC so start having all the fun you want with all the teams in the AFC <laughs> that need quarterbacks. So there was Sefty talking about Aaron Rodgers, and you heard him at the end. He cut off L. Duncan and Kevin Nagandi and said, hey, you know, the AFC, not the NFC, the AFC. So again, Jets, Dolphins, Raiders. Now let's double down on that. Aaron Rodgers, he's always a guest on the Pat McAfee show every Tuesday, right? And a lot of the hangup, and even with the hangup that I had with Aaron Rodgers, was the $60 million dollars. Peter Bukowski talked about him uh, when I had Michael Giannitti from Spotrack.com on. He talked about that money. Uh, the money is a massive thing because it's $60 million he's owed in 2023. It's basically guaranteed. So Pat McAfee asked him, you know, how much that $60 million he's owed in 2023 will factor into his decision on returning to play the game of football in 2023. Yeah, it's a lot of money. I don't think there'd be a scenario where I'd come back and that would be the number. I think it, it would definitely... Definitely things would have to shift. Hmm. Got it. I mean, we'll see what we just did. Oh, yeah. Unpeeling the onion here. Why do you think that? Well, I just don't think it's, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of teams because of COVID that are strapped. And you're seeing us a lot of different contracts. They're pushing more money out uh, in uh, in deals. They're creating, you know, certain kind of void years to allow for the um, an easier cap hit. So, there, you know, there would have to be some adjustments for sure. So there's the answer from Aaron Rodgers. And you heard Pat McAfee talking about, see, we started to peel back the onion right there. And what that meant to me, it really feels like he's willing to restructure that for other teams because he talked about how other teams are going through it and they're kind of cash-strapped because of the pandemic. He didn't say the Packers are cash-strapped. He said multiple teams. And I know Aaron Rodgers is smart. He's calculated. He knows why he said certain things. But what I took away from that was he's open to play for other teams. And he doesn't have a no-trade clause, so the Packers could decide to trade him somewhere that he might not necessarily want to go. He can't, he can't pull like Derek Carr and say, no, I'm not going there, I'm not going there. If he does, he basically has to retire. So, again, going back to where could he play, AFC, teams that need quarterbacks, the Jets, we all know needs a quarterback, the Dolphins potentially could need a quarterback, not too sure, and the Raiders are going to need a quarterback. And, look, I know that a lot of folks aren't very high on Aaron Rodgers, but I would love to see that connection to Rodgers to the Adams. I would have no problem with that. I want to make sure that the Silver and Black keep Devontae Adams happy. I know that's not going to be for a five, six, seven-year uh, run. That's probably for a two-year run max, maybe three years if they're feeling a little froggy. But I'm okay with that. Devontae Adams is still, in my opinion, the best wide receiver in the league. You saw what he was able to do with Derek Carr, 100 catches, 1,500 yards, 14 touchdowns. Could you imagine what he's doing with the guy that he played with the most of his career and Aaron Rodgers? 
He can make that happen. Could you imagine? And again, remember what I said at the top about Allegiant Stadium. You got to have some star power in there. Could you imagine Rodgers Adams in Allegiant Stadium while the Silver and Black, you know, Raider Nation goes nuts? I, I can see it. I can absolutely see it. And again, being here with boots on the ground, it just puts everything in perspective. You've got to have that star power that fans are going to want to gravitate to and go see each and every Sunday, Thursday, uh, Saturday, Monday, whatever the case may be, going to want to go out there. If you don't have that star power, fans will not go see you. There's way too much to do out here, and those tickets are very, very expensive. So PSL holders will just sell them as opposed to go out there and check out you know, a, a show if you don't have the star power. So I don't think that fans, as many people are as fired up about what Jarrett Stidham was able to do, I don't think fans would get fired up about saying Jarrett Stidham as a starting quarterback going into 2023. I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but you have to realize the star power does matter when it comes to this team, especially in this city of Las Vegas. So I just think the gut feeling is telling me everything is setting up for the Raiders to make a potential run at Aaron Rodgers. That doesn't mean it's going to get done, but that's what my gut feeling. People ask me all the time, who do you think the quarterback's going to be? Uh, really, I haven't narrowed down to Brady and Rodgers, which I know that's not going out on limb, but I think with what Rodgers had to say on McAfee and the fact that the Packers are willing to trade him to an AFC team if that's what he wants, I just feel like it's all lining up for Aaron Rodgers to go to the Raiders, and I'm sure Devontae Adams is probably on the phone with him right now saying, hey, dude, you can come here. We can make some magic happen. Devontae wants to win a ring. Aaron would love to win a ring to go out on top. And, man, Raider Nation would love to see them make the playoffs and make a deep run and potentially win a ring as well. There's still a lot of work to do. Offensive line still needs work. Defense needs a lot of work. But it'd be a hell of a start, I do believe, if the Raiders could make it work. And it sounds like Aaron Rodgers is willing to make it work. Aaron Rodgers to Las Vegas is a pipe dream and someone smoking a pipe if they think that's going to go down because it's the sheer money is ridiculous. And who wants the guy talking about hallucinogenics in the offseason making his play better? No, I don't think so. I would take vitamin water and maybe Gatorade over that nonsense. I just don't think his character fits our team he is bizarre at best and moody at worst and points a finger at the people he plays with. I, I say no go to Aaron Rodgers. He is a nutcase. Now, Tom Brady, that also has been gaining steam. And yeah, Mark had him for dinner and and this whole nonsense about him coming. Well, maybe he'll come. And the, the Raiders deserve everything they get. Because his last season was his absolute worst season. And if you want to put a finger on anybody, you just pointed at him. He was horrible last year. He wants to point it at his offensive line. His receivers weren't very much good. And his defense wasn't strong. Hey, it was way better than ours in all aspects of everything. But it doesn't stop there, Raider Nation. Oh, no, there's more. Also from Jeremy Fowler from ESPN, the Raiders believe Tom Brady would consider signing with them if he returns for the 2023 season. The Raiders are one of about three teams Brady would consider, according to Jeremy Fowler. The Bucks are also not completely out of it. So there you go. You hear about Derek Carr. You hear about Darren Waller. You hear about Hunter Renfro and also potentially Tom Brady. All those reports were out there as of Tuesday. So if you thought the offseason was going to be boring, eh, 
Jokes on you. Don't don't even sleep for a minute because there's going to be more reports. There's going to be more rumors. There's going to be more speculation flying around around the silver and black until it's not. Until they have a quarterback in place, until this roster is starting to put together, they go through free agency, and they get to the draft. There's going to be so many different reports around this team. It's one of the most you know, fascinating teams to talk about in the league. Even when they're not good, uh, you hear people talking about them all the time. It might not necessarily be great conversation, but there's always some kind of conversation swirling around the silver and black. And hell, a lot of times, agents like to put the Raiders' name in it anyway because it makes the story that much better. I've said that for years. So uh, there is that. So if Marks wants to get Tom Brady, well, there you go. There's another three to four years we're going to suffer because we're going to have to pay other players and it's just not going to be a very good way to launch forward if he wants to win Super Bowls. What a bunch of baloney. I don't believe him either for a second. Our old line is a complete joke when he's concerned for the fossil that he is wheeling his wheelchair onto the field. And quite honestly, either Brady or Rogers comes to Las Vegas. It's like having Celine Dion come to Las Vegas. Or you name the group. Whoever comes there and plays there for a season, that's what we're doing. We're just going to bring in a name like Randy Moss or Warren Sapp to to sell tickets for a losing venture. I think that is malarkey and baloney. Unless we get a new quarterback, which will take a year for sure, unless he's super great. Maybe two or three years before he gets his feet up underneath him. I don't think we have the team that'll be here that long for a new quarterback. I'm not sure. But I will say this, that I do not trust, no trust Josh. He has had a tendency to lie like he was going to go to the Colts. He had hired a bunch of assistants. Now, here, get this. get the. It's like you getting a job. Someone calls you, says, hey, come over here to this team and fill out an application and sign a contract, and I'm going to be there, and we're going to make a great team. So you go there, you move your family, you quit your old job, you go there to the Colts, you sign your contract, and then Josh McDaniels decides he doesn't want to go. Did he call you? No, he didn't call me. Did he call you? No, he didn't call me. Now, that is a character flaw that's hard to pass up. I can't even see behind it or be around it. It is an absolute lack of character and worthiness of a person, let alone a head coach. But who does that to people? He, you know, he, <laughs> if he did that to you, how would you feel? And as a matter of fact, if you were any kind of coach anywhere else in the league, would you come and play for him? That's why we got Patrick, I need a Graham. Because no one else wanted to come and play for this hammerhead. And that's the same thing that's going to happen to assistants from here going forward because actually no one trusts him and no one should. And the fact that we still have Graham and there's been no mention of him moving on or us upgrading at that position tells you everything that you need to know. 
That's all I need to say because that's about all I have to say about the off season. I'm terribly worried that we're just going back to mediocreism and the dysfunction junction that we've had for 20 years. I just was so sure that this year was going to be so great. And I wanted to give this knucklehead the benefit of the doubt. At first, having my doubts about McDougal's, McDaniel's, and the new Dave Ziegler, I see very clearly they do have a plan. And for the first time in many years, I see an organized plan of players and scheme. I say players and scheme because they seem to fit together in free agency as well as the draft. Now, in free agency, we knocked it out of the park. Of course, it's a battle here. It's a battleground in the AFC West. Best division in football. There is no doubt. But we need not be afraid because we have a great organization. And I mean way improved. You know, this wouldn't have happened years ago. We'd be expecting to get maybe one good guy but not two. And, you know, our first and second draft pick were given up for the best wide receiver in the league. No waste whatsoever. Smart move indeed. Chandler Jones, along with Matt Crosby, will be a great pickup. Now that, along with our new draft picks, are going to be insane. Now we did pick up two running backs in this draft, which was kind of Crazy, because we really haven't done that. We've really picked our one running back and kind of kept it that way um, in our draft picks. But, you know, I think McDaniel is going to be very much like the Patriots and just use running back by committee. And we have some beasts in our running back room. We're going to carry six or seven guys into camp, I'm sure. And, you know, it's a shame because I like Josh Jacobs, but I don't think they're going to pay him. I don't think the value for a Ziegler or McDaniels, and paying running backs incredible money is there. They really never did it in New England, and I don't think they're going to start doing it here in Las Vegas. I think it's smart. I think they've got a good guy. they got seven good guys uh, in order to make a great rotation, and they got a lot of bursts. they got good players that can catch the ball out of the backfield, which is one of the things that's necessary in this league. The Raiders are going to have a full camp, more than full. And it'll be interesting to see how McDaniels puts this camp together and runs it because it'll be something different like we've never seen before. Very interesting. You know, it'll seem like a regular camp, but already I can tell just by what the moves we're making and how they're talking, coach talk and general manager talk, it's a completely different spice. There's different flavors here at the Raiders. It's already a different culture. And I believe under the leadership that we have and the veteran players that we have in place, we're going to go very far this year. Each organization is going to evaluate these players differently. And we're not all going to have the same grades on the same players. We understand that. And we try to do the best we can of evaluating what the player would be for the Raiders. It doesn't really matter what they would be for any other team. It's in our system, the way we saw the players, the way we scouted them, the way we evaluated them, the way we would use them. This is the grade that was on that player. And that there's a lot of work that goes into each grade. And so when you trust the work and 
then you get to the draft and you say, listen, it's the best thing to do for us is to add the best players we can. You know, and if you understand that from the beginning, the process itself is kind of simplistic. Um, you know, I'm not saying that there's not guys with the same grade and you have to make a choice, but, you know, you know, when you really follow it and you say, listen, let's take the best players that we graded that we thought all year long, uh, you know, gave us the best opportunity to, to improve our football team, that's what we try to do each step of the way. And, you know, I think we're happy with – look, every, every spot on our team is going to have competition. You know, whether we drafted somebody or didn't draft somebody, there's competition at every spot on the team. You know, I don't care what the what the spot is, you know, and that's what we've we've tried to do that, you know, in each spot that we could, free agency, draft. We'll continue to try to do that. Dave and his staff are going to comb the college free agent thing. We're going to go into, you know, the summer. We're still going to try to do that. So that won't ever stop. The other thing I noticed in this draft is we traded up three times. I mean, um, not big moves. We traded up to get the guys we wanted, which was, I think, productive. We didn't lose any position, really. We just traded pick for pick, a couple of picks here, a couple of picks there. And we didn't lose any picks. We just moved where we were in line. And I think for the first draft of this new regime, that's a refreshing thing. Because rarely did we do anything with the old regime. And the old regime was lousy at picking players, like I said. And then, of course, Josh Jacobs, which was pretty productive. Had a couple injuries. He's a decent running back. But why would you pay all the money? And let me tell you, it's a big chunk of change when you can get running backs fairly easy in the draft and free agency. So, you know, it's a position that Seems to me is not like wide receiver where you've got a beast like Devontae Adams, you're going to pay him all the money. Or a good defensive lineman, you're going to pay them all the money. Running back, it's like running back by committee. There's going to be a bunch of guys going to carry the ball. Um, and it depends on which guy has it has the spice that day. And he's the one who's going to carry it most. And each team, each game is going to be different. And the flexibility to have different running backs in without having one guy that's making all the money that you depend on um, running this show. I feel bad for Josh. I like Josh Jacobs. He's a good kid, had a tough life, but he's made some money. Trust me on that. Now, another thing I haven't covered was Derek Carr's extension. You know, here's a typical extension for a quarterback that is elite. And I say that again, elite. Sometimes he didn't play well, but really, this will be the first time we'll see Derek Carr with true weapons and protection. So this will give a guy that gets it done with neither the tools it takes to get it done, and I think he's going to take total advantage of it. The other thing was he didn't bleed the Raiders dry. He didn't Aaron Rodgers Las Vegas. Um I think that he understands. Uh, I think Ziegler and uh, McDaniels understand. We're trying to build a Super Bowl team here. We're very close. And I think Derek really is happy to see how this is coming about. And he seems to be way happy about the new regime, which is pretty cool. Something that, uh, you know, Gruden couldn't do. Gruden, the yeller, the screamer, the cusser, the dreamer. 
could not let it happen. But I think the contracts that we made, the money that we put out, was wisely done for a change. I think it was spread out correctly. I think they're finally getting an eye on this cap and a handle on it. And I'm excited. I can't even tell you how excited I am about this team, this administration, this coaching staff, because it's going to be much different than anything the Raider Nation has seen, period, on our team for sure. Now, you can take a glance at the Patriots and see the success they had, moving players in and out, not paying a lot of money for running backs. I mean, it's very similar in that fashion. But I think we got a better deal here. And boy, like I said, man, you guys should be pumped for the season. I sure am. We've got a bloated roster, man. We've got some good kids, good players, people will experience. It's a nice mix. Like I said, man, I haven't seen this team this organized, this set up since I've been watching them. Even back in 2002, we had a great team. We just couldn't get it done for obvious reasons. That was a debacle at the Super Bowl. I got to tell you, I'm more excited now than I've ever been about this Raider team, especially in this first year under this new coaching staff, a new general manager. You know, at first I was very skeptical, but I can see the plan forming. You can see it too. I am totally pumped, and I think that this draft class, along with our free agents, will be something that we'll never forget because, let me tell you, we are, the Chiefs had like 15 picks. (laughs) They had a bunch, I think 12, but they had a bunch of picks in this draft. They needed them. They got them all uh, from getting rid of players that they didn't want to pay. And uh, so we are stuck with new players with the Chiefs. They do a pretty good job. Also, we got the Chargers who are right up there. And while the Bronco Hoes, which everyone thinks is the best team in the division, which I think is laughable, uh, I think they're way behind. They'll be number four uh, when all is said and done. We have a coach that is seasoned and knows what he's doing. I can see. (laughs) I can see by where we're going and the direction we're headed from the players we've picked and the type of players we picked that this will be a different season for the Raider Nation. This will be a season of real hope, true hope. And it'll be a season of battles to the death, literally, in our own division every game will be watchable and very entertaining, I can tell you that. And then, three games into the season, Raider Greg made this revised prediction of our 2022 season outcome. And we will win some games this year, but I'm afraid that the prediction of us being last in the West is dead on. I wanted to give this knucklehead the benefit of the doubt, but my fears at the beginning were justified at the end. And the fact that we're here on our couches watching other teams play in the playoffs is a testament to who Mark Davis flouted as the guy that's going to bring many championships 
to Las Vegas. Sounds like a Wrangling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey announcer in the third ring. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages. <laughs> Unbelievable. So until I see a feasible and a logical and something that's going to make a difference which to me all means getting rid of Josh McDaniels. Now there's a rumor out there that I'm kind of liking that uh, John Gruden might take his place back. Wouldn't bother me a bit. Even though Gruden wasn't the best, at least he had integrity and he was a man that other men would follow. That's what I'm talking about. Josh is not that guy. He'll never be that guy and he'll never be that guy for this team. He will have to go back to the Patriots or somewhere else as an offensive coordinator because he just is not head coach material. And that is my last rant on him until my he- my knee heals up. And then we'll see in the offseason. The draft will be interesting because we have Ziggy. We have Ziggy out there who who drafted last year. And, well, you know what? I think we got one good guy out of it. I think Parham's decent. Let's go ahead and talk about some current Raiders right now. And that starts with uh, rookie Dylan Parham. He was a former third-round pick out of Memphis. Dave Ziegler's very first pick that he had uh, as the GM of the Silver and Black and uh, the Pro Football Writers of America actually voted him to the all-rookie team. Now, if you remember on Tuesday's show, if you check that out, uh, I talked about the all-NFL team, the all-AFC team, and uh, talked about the Raiders that made that. Well, they released the all-rookie team on uh, on Tuesday, and it was really cool to see that rookie Dylan Parham had made the list. Uh, the Raiders tweeted out, congratulations to Dylan Parham on being selected to the Pro Football Writers of America all-rookie team. He is the 34th player in Raiders history since 1974, selected to the all-rookie team in the third guard to earn the honor, joining Steve Wisniewski in 89 and Kurt Marsh in 81. So, again, big ups to Dylan Parham for going in as a third-round pick. Big ups to Dave Ziegler for finding him in the third round. I mean, there's a lot of times where you get a pick in the third round, it might not be all that it's cracked up to be. It might not end up being who you think he's going to be, but he did find a good one in uh, Dylan Parham, a guy that could play every single position on the interior of that offensive line. And, uh, you know, the thing about him, obviously Dave Ziegler didn't have the first or second round picks because of the Devontae Adams trade, which I had no problem with that. But he's looking for guys that are versatile, and Dylan Parham is very versatile. He could play that left guard position. He could play that right guard position. He could play the center position. And a lot of people believe that center is actually his best position, except for we all know that Andre James is holding that spot down right now. Now, who knows how long he's going to be holding that down for, but at some point you may see Dylan Parham, you know, transition into that center spot. And I'll also say this about Dave Ziegler. I'm talking about Dylan Parham right now. I think Parham's decent. Other than that, I I don't see any names flashing off the page. But don't forget about the seventh-round pick out of Ohio State, Thayer Munford. He was a guy that dropped all the way to the seventh round. And the Raiders might have found a little diamond in the rough there. When he was called upon in 2022, his rookie year, he actually did a really good job. Now, I know he wasn't in the mix as much as Dylan Parham was, but he came in, he played that 
you know, that that blocking tight end role, even though he's a tackle, and he really excelled at that. And I do expect to see more of Thayer Mumford moving forward, even if it's just, you know, being uh, some quality depth along that offensive line as a tackle that's in the game all the time. Maybe he ends up transitioning to the right tackle position for all we know. But I just know for a guy that came in uh, sparingly throughout the course of the year, I thought he did really well. Matter of fact, I think that the draft for the Raiders in Dave Ziegler and his first draft was pretty decent. Again, it wasn't the full sample size with no first or second round pick, but they did they did what they could with what they had. Dylan Parham in the third round, Zamir White, of course, he didn't get very much burn in his rookie year because Josh Jacobs just never came off the field, and when you lead the league in rushing, that kind of happens, but I think Zamir White is a hell of a running back. Got uh, Neil Farrell and uh, Matthew Butler, two defensive tackles uh, in, the, in the fourth and the fifth round. That's uh, obviously an area of need, so those guys got to continue to develop. You saw more uh, Butler than you did a Farrell Jr. his rookie year, and then I, I mentioned Thayer Mumford, and then Britton Brown, the running back. They also got him in the seventh round, so not saying all those guys are going to pan out. They're going to be all world, but at the very end of the day, they could be some talented dudes that at the, at the very least end up being some depth. But right now we're talking about Dylan Parham on the all-rookie team, according to Pro Football Writers of America. So congratulations to him. So we'll see the genius of Ziggy and Josh and see what they can do, the magic they can bring with our 11 picks. Will they move up? Will they move down? Will they get a veteran? Will they get someone new? I don't know. We're going to see. We're going to find out. And we'll know by the end of the draft where we're going to be next year. All right, let's get to the bone line. 1-800-620-7181. 1-800-620-7181. Don't expect a lot of calls in the offseason. Maybe during the draft. We'll see. But let's get to the callers we do have. And our first caller is the Blue Grass Raider. What's going on, my good brother? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation. Blue Grass Raider, I'm back again. First of all, Raider Greg, let me just tell you that um, I'm absolutely elated that y'all have decided not to call it quits and keep on going. That makes me very happy that we still get our chance to win it. This show means a lot. And on that note, I want to tell you that, well, frankly, Brother Greg, I need y'all's help because I'm really torn right now because this whole thing about between the last call and this call, I've learned that the rumors of us, you know, maybe getting Tom Brady, which absolutely makes me sick. Um, And then on top of all that, Mark Davis is throwing out fans, hard-working, you know, ticket-paying Raider fans that show their displeasure of McDaniels and wanting to keep Carr, throwing them out, throwing them out. Commitment to excellence, I want to be a Raider, quote-unquote. You know, just win, baby, like you said in the last podcast. Those words, those phrases that were timeless, don't mean a damn thing anymore. We are slowly but surely becoming the Las Vegas Patriots. My The whole point of this is I am very, very shaken in my faith in this organization. I almost don't want to be a supporter anymore, a fan. And I don't, and I don't want to stop being a Raider fan. I want to be a Raider fan my whole life. I may get, uh, you know, a lot of guff from the Raider Nation, you know, questioning 
you know, my allegiance to the team. But when you get to the point where you can't even express how you feel about the current state and you get thrown out of a game that you paid your hard-earned money for, no, forget that. I I just it's it's hard for me to put into words how this is really missing my brain here, man. And I want to know your take. But anyways, again, my thoughts and prayers with you and your family. I hope your surgeries go well. And thank you for all that you've done. And this show is amazing. It's the number one podcast I listen to for the Raiders. Keep at it and go Raiders. Well, first off, brother, I thank you for your props. And, uh, yeah, we got to keep going just because my sanity is at, is at risk if I don't. I have to vent myself. And I'm so happy that we have a platform that other fans can vent. And, yes, when you have an owner that kicks out fans that pay their hard-earned money, see, Mark doesn't have to worry about spending money and money that he doesn't have, and he doesn't have to go to work and budget for his vacation, none of that stuff that the average, normal Raider fan has to do. No, he's a fat cat. He got money. He can go do wherever he wants, play wherever he wants, go see the team wherever he wants, um, which will be playing overseas, I think, once or twice next year. Whatever. That's never worked out for us. Anyway, yeah, I just don't think Mark Davis is the owner of our team. I don't think he brings what the Raiders represent. I think he's nothing like his father. I think he's more... um, just a sad man, very sad, and it's really even more sad when his ego can't take it when the fans voice the truth that they know and they feel, instead of letting them do so and saying, well, you know, and thinking to yourself, I have enough confidence in my decisions. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he has no confidence. Well, just look at Mark's haircut. That's about all I got to say about that. Hey, man, love the call. Um, Maybe during the draft, you can call us back again. Thank you, brother. And our next caller is Casual Carmelo. I love that handle, bro. What do you got for the nation, my friend? Nation, what's going on? Raider Randy, Raider Greg. I'm happy, excited you guys are sticking around. It's been a long time for me, you know, calling in. This is Casual Carmelo, again, from Bakerson, California, D.C.'s hometown and whatnot, you know. I, I don't know what to say, man. The season has been, it's been a brain fart. You know, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand some of the play calling. I don't understand everything that's going on. I don't understand the play calling on the offensive side or the defensive side of the ball. Now, I'm going to start off by saying, uh, obviously, the elephant in the room, Derek Carr, is, is going most likely going to be gone. He's gone. All right? He's going to be traded. We're going to have to under, you know, just understand that and deal with that. At this point, man, I, I just really can't feel sorry for him, given the fact he and his agent combed through the contract. He knew what it was. He knew it was a one-year prove-it deal. And he bet on himself, and he lost that bet essentially, you know, and I love the guy, man. I wish more than anything he could have been the guy, but he's not, unfortunately, and, you know, everything going on with the ownership and just the Raiders in general and the culture and what they want to do and what Mark Davis wants to do and, you know, Josh McDaniel's plan, 
Um, I just, man, Mark Davis needs to sell the team to somebody who, who knows, you know, the Raider legacy and who stands, you know, for every word of it, for everything. For everything about the Raiders, I want somebody to take over that understands that and, and feels as passionate about it as we all do. Now, unfortunately, he's not going to sell the team. He's making too much money out in Vegas now, and, you know, it is what it is. I was genuinely pissed off when I heard that Derek Carr had walked away from the team. At that point, I was just like, you know, what's happening? What's going on? What are they doing to this kid? I don't know how all that played out, but when I heard that news, I was pissed off, and I didn't understand what the hell they were doing to the guy. Why not just let him play the rest of the season, man? You already saw what you wanted to see. Even if you were going to move on with him next year or from him next year, you got to see what you wanted to see. Now, I just don't understand what they're doing uh, with the whole car situation. I don't understand it. I mean, look, I've been watching car since he got into the league. Uh, yes, there have been ups and downs and inconsistencies and, you know, his gameplay, happy feet, taking sacks, holding on the ball too long, taking too long to, to go through the reads and not making a decision and running, running out of the pocket or scrambling. I understand that. You know, I, I've seen that. I've witnessed that. And I just, man, the whole situation, the way, the way it went down, man, was just, I wasn't happy about it. But. At the same time, I understand, man, his win and loss record, he has more losses than he does wins. And at some point, we need to – at some point, we just need to realize that, hey, maybe he's not the guy. You know, I, I respect the dude. I love the guy. I wish he could have been the guy. But at some point, we just need to understand that maybe he's just not. Maybe, you know, he's, he, he wouldn't have been for a few other, you know, coaches. Who knows? But what I personally think, and now it's just speculation at this point, and we can all wonder why McDaniels did what he did. Maybe Carr couldn't get the system down as, as well as, you know, McDaniels wanted him to. Maybe he didn't get the ins and the outs. Maybe that's why we've see, seen a lot of miscommunications, overthrown balls, just bad play by Derek Carr in general. Maybe he just couldn't get it down as well and as fast as we all wanted. Maybe that could be the reason why. I mean, we don't know. Maybe they had to water it down for him. Who knows? And he still couldn't get it. And, and you know, the reason why you see the Stidham game, Stidham knows the offense. That's his whole career he's, he's known that system. Of course it's going to look different. Of course the play calling is going to look a little different. I mean, everything that has been going on with this team all season and the situation with Carr, I'm just – I'm over it, man. I'm over it. I want to win. I, I understand, you know, TB12 or no TB12, I really don't give a damn. I just want this team to win. I want this team to stand for something in the NFL again. I want this team to just, man, look, Crosby said it in his interview, we need dogs on the defensive side of the ball. We need players who aren't scared to go out there and be great. We need that on the defense. Our defense is struggling. Yes, it's the play calling as well. Patrick Graham's defense, we need guys who can cover downfield to be able to have success at rushing four guys without having to blitz. Unfortunately, we don't have those guys. But at some point during the season, you have to adjust, make adjustments, which we didn't do all season. We didn't make adjustments all season in the second half. I don't like McDaniels 
either. But at some point, we just have to accept it, move on, and, and hopefully, hopefully, the guys that are left, the guys from Oakland, Jacob, Crosby, Waller, they can instill that, that leadership and that legacy into the new guys coming in. I love this team with all my heart, man. I, I just want to win. I just want to win. I understand Mark Davis doesn't know what just win baby means or commitment to excellence. I know it's just a cash grab for him. At some point, I hope it changes, man. I, I just wish for the best for this team. I just want this team to win. I want these guys, Jacobs and Crosby and Waller and Adams, I want these guys to be successful and win a championship. I mean, that's what it comes down to. I'm sorry for taking up some time. And it's just my opinions on the whole situation. Maybe this, maybe that with Carr. And, and I just hope going forward we can do something to fix this, to fix the franchise, to, to make a name for ourselves again in the NFL, not be a laughingstock. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. Bad decision after bad decision. With everything that's gone on, I just want this team to win. All right? Now, I, I love you guys. I love you, Raider Nation. I love, I love this podcast. Thank you for staying on. Thank you for, you know, thank you for keep on going. I appreciate it. Appreciate everything you do. I appreciate the hard work. And I know it takes a lot of, a lot of time and a lot of hard work to put into this podcast and the production and, and everything. I love you, Raider Nation. Stand together. Don't be divided. Let's, let, let's just stick together, all right? We've been through a lot worse. Let's just stay together. Uh, and I love you guys, man. Casual Carmelo, out. Wow, that is one heck of a call. A lot of things you you touched on. So first of all, thank you for the call. And I appreciate the fact that you wanted to vent out because that's what it seems like to me. And I'm glad. That's why we're here, dude. (laughs) We're here so we can all throw out what we think, what we feel. Now, Derek Carr. Hasn't had more than the 25th ranked defense average in the nine years he's been here. You can tell me, Colin, tell us how many teams have gone to the championship with that kind of defense. I can tell you most assuredly zero. Very few even make it through the first round and none make it to the second. You have to have a strong defense. And my opinion is Patrick Graham was the only guy left, you know, in the pool hall to take the call from Josh McDaniels, who screwed his other assistants that were at the Colts in Indianapolis. He had a complete staff there. They signed with the Colts and he didn't show up. That is such a lack of character, dude. Him and Mark Davis deserve each other, in my opinion. In my opinion, also, we won't do anything until McDaniels is gone. And Ziegler, I don't know. We'll see what happens with him. But the system is very complicated. We've heard from other players. It's so complicated. But look at the teams that are in the playoffs. Are their schemes super complicated that their players can't even get them? I don't think so. That's first thing. Second thing is, you have to have faith in your coach and your ownership. You have to have faith that they're going to be there with you 
at least for the most part. I know this is a business and yada yada. However, dude, you got to be able to have trust. And they did Derek Carr just like Mark Davis and his haircut. Mark has no self-confidence in himself at all. He is a lonely, sad man. And I really feel sorry for him. But most of all, I feel sorry for us, <laughs> the fans, because it's not his team. It's our team. He's messing with our team. And the phrases commitment to excellence and just win, baby, mean a lot to us. We live by those. The fact that he throws fans out of the stadium for voicing their opinion shows you how weak-willed and minded Mark Davis is. He doesn't go down himself and remove fans. He doesn't go down there and say, hey, I don't want you guys to do that. you got to get out. No, he sends his goon squad down there to do it, which is just so, (laughs) it's so obviously clear as cellophane. Mark Davis is not a good owner. He's certainly not anyone we should respect like Al Davis because Al brought us championships because that's all he wanted to do is just win, baby. So what I can say is this is we'll have to wait. We'll have to see because as far as I can see now, Dysfunction Junction continues to roll on until we have someone in ownership that truly wants to change the way things are. We're stuck with what we got. So let's just see. Maybe we'll get lucky. That's how I think. Maybe we'll just get lucky because as far as I can see, that's what I'm waiting for is luck. Just like rolling the dice at the craps table. Love the call, brother. And our next caller is Raider Colin from Pleasanton, California. Just down the road. What's going on, brother? Raiders! What's happening? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation. Uh, it's Raider Colin in uh, Pleasanton, California. Um, hey, uh, just first off, you know, first things first, uh, thank you for, you know, reconsidering the, uh, you know, the end of the show and keeping it going. Um, uh, it's really great for us. You know, we, we love it. Obviously, you know that, uh, and I know that's what led, you know, partially led to you, uh, deciding to stick with us and stick with it and, uh, very grateful for you. Appreciate it. Um, I heard a caller on the last podcast talking about, you know, whenever you do, uh, decide to hang it up, you know, having some sort of succession plan if possible to hand it off to someone that that's a great idea. Um, you know, hopefully again, that's many years from now. So nothing to think about today too much, but, uh, maybe something to have in the back of the mind and, uh, hopefully we have this show for many, many, many years. Um, so anyway, thank you for that. Um, just watched last night, the Bucks and Cowboys and it was, uh, I guess I have two scenarios in my mind. Later, Greg, I'm, I'm interested to hear what you think. You know, I heard a lot of the rumors of Tampa Bay, Tampa Tom uh, coming to to Las Vegas, and I hope he doesn't. So, I guess my first first scenario is as a Raider fan, what I hope for is that he doesn't. That he comes off a losing season, eight and nine, 
a, a lousy performance in this playoff game. Um, you know, seeing that that injury to uh, Gage at the very end, and knowing he's himself, you know, one bad hit away from uh, from a really bad ending to his career, uh, and to you know, damage to his health. Um, and I hope that he decides himself you know, to hang it up and to retire and doesn't come to Oakland. So that's scenario one. Scenario two is that he does come. We overpay him like we would, and uh, and it stinks. And I guess the, the upshot of that is that that's maybe another nail in the coffin of Mark Davis. Uh, like you said, I think you know the change in ownership is really what's needed here. We have no vision. I feel like Mark just hands out money and no accountability, no performance demands uh, associated with it. So. You know, that's so those two scenarios, I guess I mentioned in your thoughts, Trader Greg, like what do you think is better? Is it better to let this debacle happen and, and just know that'll lead us probably sooner to an exit of Mark Davis? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know, I'm sure the cash is still rolling in from ticket sales in Vegas, but maybe that just brings them it, it, it can't be a good situation, right? So or do you think uh, you know, is it would you rather see, you know, that that Tom Brady doesn't come to us and then we go elsewhere? So interested in your thoughts. Um, glad, you know, season's over. Not much to talk about now. So I hope you can rest up. Hope everything's going well with the knee surgery. You're recovering well. All right, everybody. Love you. Thanks. Bye. Well, first, great questions. Great take. I appreciate you calling in for sure because we're, you know, we're at the end. We're not in the playoffs, so there you go. Tom Brady, he played terribly. He was a terrible quarterback. He was played as good as Carr would have played in that game. There's something for you. Now, whether he comes to Las Vegas or not, I don't know. His kids are now, he had his kids moved to a school in Miami. Now, maybe they'll take him in Miami. Who's to know where Tom will go? I really don't care. If he comes to Las Vegas, well, I can hope for the best. I mean, I don't like Tom Brady. I have never liked Tom Brady. He has not been my guy. And if he's here, it'll be really hard to root for him. Because, honestly, between him and McDaniels, it makes me sick to my stomach just saying it right now to think about it. But, hey, you know what? (laughs) Whether he retires or he comes here, wherever he goes, or we get Aaron Rodgers, whatever the case may be, we will have to sit through it. We will have to wallow through it and see what happens at the end because we're the fans. We have no control over any of this nonsense. I just know for sure if Mark leaves and moves on, amen, it would be the best thing that could happen to the Raiders and the Raider Nation. If McDaniels moves on, that would also be a really good thing that can happen to the Raider Nation. But in my mind, and this is just my opinion, I think we're stuck with a four or five year start from zero, start from scratch. Um, We have a great bunch of guys. We have a great team. I was expecting way more. But this coach and, and general manager put the fly in the ointment. They didn't want us to go to the playoffs. They even said it themselves later on after the news contrast. Well, you know, we we were not really aiming at the playoffs this season. Who says that kind of thing? Well, if Al Davis would have heard that from one of these guys, 
they'd have been out the building the next day because that's how it used to be. It's not that way anymore. It's wishy-washy. It's terribly run organization. One hand doesn't know what the other is doing and doesn't care. There's so many people that are parroting the nonsense that comes out of the building. It's sickening to me. I'm just a guy. I'm just a fireman. Yet my vision is what most Raider fans see. I'm not blind and neither are you. You know, we, we're not stupid, but that's how the management treats the fans because they have no value. And if Mark Davis wants to see more Raider fans in his stadium, well, he better do something about that. Now, I don't know how he's going to do it, but I certainly know throwing fans out of the stadium is certainly no way to have people come into the stadium and feel like they're welcome and part of the Raider Nation. It's crazy. He's crazy. So we just have to buckle up, brother, like we have been for the last 20 years and see what happens. I hope good things, but who knows? We'll find out more later on. Love the call, brother. Hang in there. Our next caller is Raider Ox. Love that handle. And he's from Pennsylvania. And I love his take. I love how he says it. Because he kind of has the tone of all of us. What's going on, Raider Ox? Okay, so this is the message to Mark Davis. My name is uh, Ox. And uh, I'm in Erie, Pennsylvania currently. And I just want to let you know I'm sick of the mediocrity with the Raiders. You know, I've been a lifelong fan, and I'm sick and tired of, you know, on playoff Saturday that the Raiders are not in it. You know what? We need to address the defense. And we can't get a pass rush. Max Crosby's the only thing we got right now. And we need to get some cornerbacks. Get Jalen Ramsey in there, and we need a quarterback. I mean, Carr, we, we, nine years of mediocrity. I'm glad that he's moving on to Tennessee or Miami. And let me tell you something. We need Aaron Rodgers or a big-time shooter. Let's draft a young quarterback and put Rodgers in there to groom him. And let's shore up the middle linebackers. you got to re-sign Perriman. He's the heart of the defense. Every time he's out, we lose. When he's in, we win. And let's get, like, a solid cornerback to teach some of these young guys. All right, come on. It ain't that, it ain't that hard, guys. Mark Davis, call me up, 540-847-1675. Let's discuss some front row tickets next year when Pittsburgh comes to town. And we're going to rock and roll next year. Just listen to my advice, dude. I've been watching football my whole fucking life. I love that call. I love it because you come with solutions, bro. You come with some real solutions. Aaron Rodgers comes with a huge bag of money. Mark's going to have to go deep to pay him. I don't think he wants to. I think he wants to get the fossil Tom Brady and have him wheel his wheelchair in here and see what he can do. I don't know about our defense. I know our defensive coordinator is a loon. But I do know this, man. I'm 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 feeling exactly what you say. Mark doesn't listen to anybody. I don't know who he's listening to. I don't know who who has his ear. It's certainly not the fans. Because if he listened to the fans, McDaniels would be gone. If he listened to the fans, <laughs> he wouldn't throw fans out. Yeah, Mark is far from a decent owner. 
He's always been the little boy at the little boy's table in the owner's meetings. I've said it before, I feel bad for Mark, or more sorry. I feel sorry for him. He doesn't have a family, he doesn't have a wife, doesn't have anybody to pass the team to. Just, you know, think about that for a second. It's sad. So I think he's going to have to sell the team. I hope so, because whoever gets it, I hope, is a business person who knows how to run an organization, a football team, and will put the resources appropriately there and find the right talent and the coaching staff to make things happen. Because until then, man, it's a it's a circus, literally circus circus. It's another show in Vegas for someone else to come and see. You know, whatever you name the team, oh, the Bengals are coming to Vegas, filled with Bengal fans. Oh, the Colts, full of Colts fans. Oh, you name the team, they will be there and you will see them all 50-60% of the fans in the stadium will be from other teams. You know why? Because we don't have a Raider Nation there. Do you know my, why that is? Because we have an owner that's inept, and that's why. It's not the fans' fault that they don't show up. It's your fault, Mark. And if that bugs you so much, then fix it. Thanks for the call, brother. That is all I have to say about that. Well, I'm going in for the knife tomorrow morning at the crack of dawn. Let's just see if they crack my knee. (laughs) We'll see what happens. No sympathy. Maybe a prayer or two. That'd be great. I look forward to getting up here, getting ready, and getting ready for free NCC, the draft, and to see what we do. Because there's one thing that's a fact is we are all Raider fans. And irregardless of the disappointments, as in this year, as in this staff, As in this period of the Raider Nation, we are here. You know why? Because this is our team. Mark doesn't own it. Nobody owns it. The fans own it. And on that note, I want to thank Randy for being the man this season, taking care of all the things. And before I leave, Randy, will you do that, uh, you know, again for McDaniels, please? I just love that. All right, well, obviously a tale of uh, two halves. Um, you know, we wanted to try to get off to a fast start. Thought we did that uh, in the game and then, you know, give them credit, um, you know, and in general, just in general. Um, you know, guys fought, but we got to learn how to play full four-quarter game, you know. Um, that's what we're, we're going to have to do. Um, you know, and then the second half, we had chances. Let's not sit here and say we didn't have chances. We certainly had chances in the second half. It wasn't like we didn't have opportunities, you know, damn near the entire day, you know. But, you know, um, I thought we had a couple chances to maybe get it towards midfield. Uh, There's definitely an opportunity to do that if you thought that that was the right thing to do. Um, You know, we hit them on the the little gadget there. You know, know, just we'll look at it and see what, what we did. You know what I mean? So um, felt like we, you know, had had a, had a couple opportunities, but obviously didn't didn't capitalize on them. It's it's not good enough. You know what I mean? I know that. Um, and so you know, we got to coach better in those situations. We got to avoid feeling like you know the situation is okay. You know, and um, uh, the other team plays you know as hard as they possibly can too. And like I said, I. 
we have to do it. You know, this doesn't matter what I stand up here and talk about or what somebody else talks about. Um, you know, it's just it's about actions. You know, and we played zone, we played man, and um, that's not enough to win in this league. So, thank you. Thank you. With that, I have to say thank you guys for calling in and all the love for this season. We're going to keep moving on, and you just get your frustrations lined up, pick up that phone, call that bone line, and let it out, brother, because it's healthier that way. And sister, by the way. I am Raider Greg. I will be back again as soon as I can sit in this chair again. (laughs) And I am Raider Greg, and I am out. I don't even want to know the statistics of how close we came to winning the last three seasons. I don't give a shit.